1: Craig, Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or asked the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can <sighs> you sing with all home? the voices of the mountains? Uh-huh. Can you paint with all the colors, or the name, of the wind?
0: Oh, that's what this is. Welcome
1: okay. to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and that was a very good bit that you just did. Yeah, the bit where I read Disney lyrics to you as if I was talking to you. The name of the... <laughs> That's a bit that we do every week. And we just I don't know. put it on the show. Every and it's time. like
0: you, like you tell me all the time, you you ain't never had a friend like me <laughs> who would read you Disney lyrics. Andrew, be my guest
1: and tell podcasts. me about uh, what book you read this week.
0: Boy, I read The Name of the Wind, book one in the Kingkiller Chronicle series by Patrick Rothfuss. Now, I didn't know until I sat down to start researching this that he wasn't done with this bad boy yet. I had assumed that he had finished it up. Because dude has like inked, uh, he he had original
1: like movie deal in 2013 for these bad boys. That got scrapped. Mm -hmm. And then a new one that's like a film TV a video game and Lin Manuel Miranda's
0: involved. And Lin Manuel Miranda's there. So yeah. So what it is right now is it's the name of the wind, which is the first one, and then uh, the wise man's fear, which is the second one, came out in 2011. Um, and then he's got a few uh, related stories about about uh, secondary characters. The lightning tree, mm-hmm. which is a part of a collection, like it's a novella that came out in 2014. And then there's another one called "The Slow Regard of Silent Things," another novella.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Um, and then there's a like a short story called "How Old Holly Came to Be," which is just part of another collection. Like it's not as significant as the other two, I think. But uh, yeah, he's like last uh, last update I could find about the Doors of Stone <laughs> is that he's still working on it. Um, he- in April of 2017, he said. That the writing is not going well. Oh no,
1: I saw an I, I saw an interview with Wired that was older than that, um, mm-hmm. where they were asking him about like, does he feel pressure to finish the third one? And he was like, I told everyone the second one was only going to take a year, and that didn't happen. So now I feel fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's said I think that he's only forty five
1: like, or whatever. No, he's
0: only forty five. No, it's not. We're not. We're not in like a George R. R. Martin robert Jordan situation and sure that's kind of morbid to even talk about <laughs> yes that apparently like a, that, that fantasy trope. writer convention <laughs> where you can't finish the thing that you started but no he he's said i think that he has like he has all the parts of it kind of figured out but he's still trying to get them to fit all together which sure. i could I get
1: i think yeah so he as i said he's 45 he was born in 1973 in A good old madison wisconsin and he's Um, got
0: that beard that they give all male fantasy
1: writers when
0: you publish i think
1: he's been growing that beard since 1973 that beard is a work of art maybe he can't finish the third book because he's too busy growing that beard
0: jeez maybe yeah he's lost it
1: i committed to the beard to like the beard life in earnest a couple months ago and it takes work i can't imagine
0: you're still doing it. You're I know, still, like, feeling your beard all the time. Oh my god, it's just—it's still new. What does he think? It's new wait, every so, day. So okay, so wait, how? What's the? What's the? End, have you thought through like what the the end, the, end game? The end game of your beard thing is like? The, is are you gonna go full Rothfuss? I
1: don't think I can go full Rothfuss. I think the end game is when Laura sees me one day and just makes a face. <laughs> and sure, it, it is. And she won't face. say anything,
0: but you'll know what the face means. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I already get th- I, I didn't already didn't get marry, fe- I didn't marry this beard boy. I already get feedback when it's like just kind of lazily groomed and by <laughs> lazily groomed. I mean, un-groomed. <laughs> so, uh, I need to I need to keep on it. Um, anyway, let's talk about Patrick Rothfuss, not my face. Tell me
0: more about Patrick Rothfuss's face.
1: Well, so uh, when he was at University of Wisconsin, he uh i think he started in on this thing he took it he took like eight or nine years to graduate which i thought was kind of like he talks about it on his website um which i thought was cool because that's not a thing that like a lot of people it's not the the classic success story right of like people who finished
0: schooling on their own time well i I think fairly regularly it's not a thing that people want to talk about because it's a source of like Shame. Now, whether that is justified or not is is a conversation we can have. But yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He sa- his website says he went to. U of W, Stevens Point, initially studying chemical engineering, which led to a revelation that chemical engineering is boring, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then spent the next nine years jumping from major to major, taking semesters off, enjoying semesters at part-time, and generally rocking the college student experience before kindly being asked to graduate already. Surprisingly enough, he had enough credits to graduate an English major, he did so. He then went to gradu- grad school, he'd rather not talk about it. A lot of words for nine years at undergrad, no words for grad school. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I think he, did, he then went back to like teach at Stevens Point, so he does like it there.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's not an uncommon experience no. for, for people who go to grad school, for English in particular, but for many of the liberal yes. arts degrees. Uh, he did, while he was
1: at U of W, write a, an article in the school paper about the Good Times virus. Have you heard of that, Andrew?
0: No, now is this a virus that makes you watch the show Good Times?
1: No, it was a computer virus hoax from like the mid 90s that was like you would send email warnings to people about the Good Times virus, uh, which in and of itself became like viral behavior where once people like heard that it was not a real virus, you could still like send people weird virus emails. Okay. That just, like, I don't know. There's something very comforting about this guy who's a very successful fantasy author with a better beard than I'll ever have, like, taking time out of his nine years at college to, like, write about a fake virus.
0: It's certainly more beard than you'll ever have. I don't know if I'm... I don't know if we need to make a value judgment <laughs> either way right now. Sure. Uh,
1: in the early 2000s, he won a short story contest, uh, which I believe he used a like chapter from what eventually became this series. Um, and that landed him a three-book deal with DAW. So when you said earlier that he's been kind of plotting this out, he knows where it's going, that certainly seems right. You know, like he had the idea for the arc way back when and has just been grinding away at it though it sounds like all of these side adventure books are like he realized what people liked or like which characters people liked maybe more yeah, than like, his protagonist listen
0: man this 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 book i mean his protagonist is pretty good but there's a lot of characters up in here
1: yeah so it sounds it sounds like some of those stories focus on other characters that either he learned to really like or that his character or like his readers learned to really like and he's like well maybe i'll just write about that for a little while because it's easier than than doing the other thing.
0: You know how you sometimes you get like your best cleaning done when you are supposed to be working on something else. Yeah, maybe that's how these little side stories times go. times get tough. and My kitchen gets real clean. <laughs> Robert Jordan had a little side story dalliance too. That he, I think sure. George R. R. Martin has also written like side stories and compendiums and things. Like he, everybody, yeah. everybody wants to hop on the side story train instead of finishing their dang thing. It's true. Finish
1: your thing. Finish your thing. Um, he also does stuff that any self respecting 40 something fantasy writer would do, which is like work with people to give away stuff for charity. He runs this thing called World Builders, where a bunch of like fantasy and uh, like Comic Con and, and sci fi people like give stuff away for, for auction to raise money for Hever International. He mm-hmm. does like RPG streams on Twitch with people. Like he's just a general nerd about town. It Mm -hmm. seems um, and that's basically it. Like there's not you can go like find interviews with him. It's mostly people just talking about when the next book's going to happen. Uh huh. Um, And you know what he thinks about some of his characters. Um, Is there anything else that you knew about
0: him coming in Andrew or knew about these books? Pretty much zero. I knew that there was a TV thing happening. With Lin Manuel Miranda attached, and that people in our orbit were excited about
1: it. Yeah, but, that's basically it. Uh, yeah. This was a Patreon recommendation from Sarah. So thank you, Sarah. I, people were pumped when this was on our list, but I certainly didn't know what we're going to get into.
0: Can I? I seriously did figure it was done. Like, we've read the first book <laughs> of so many fantasy series on the show, and I knew that this wasn't. Like super, super recent, but two thousand seven, I figure, okay, that's enough time for somebody to write like four usually you get to like the four, five, six book mark before you get bored of your thing and then start taking a decade to write things.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've read some that like the first trilogy is done and maybe they're gonna make some more. You know, like I think when we when I read NK Jemison, her trilogy was just wrapping up. Yeah, there's like, like
0: there NK Jemison, like V E Schwab. Yes. Um, um, Robert up? Jordan wrote the first six Wheel of time <laughs> books like in like five or six years and then started taking longer after that. Yeah, but. so um, well Andrew,
1: let's take a quick break and then you can tell me how to kill some kings.
0: Andrew, I'm hungry. Help. So I've got an idea for you, and this is, just, this is a totally original idea that I have come up with just now. Okay. Is what if there was a service called HelloFresh, <laughs> and they were sponsoring our podcast?
1: This, this sounds like a good world that I want to live in.
0: Yeah, and so HelloFresh, this thing that I've come up with just now, is a service that sends you a box of food. They plan it for you, they prep it for you, and then all you gotta do is put the things together in the order that they say to, and then you have food that you can eat after.
1: Oh, that's cool. Like, I don't even have to know what to do with it.
0: Like no, the- they, they tell you what to do with it. That's, that's the cool thing. So cool. the HelloFresh, again, a totally original idea. <laughs> they send you fresh, pre-measured ingredients, easy-to-follow, six-step pictured recipe cards that are delivered to your door every week in a special insulated box. Um, all these meals come together in 30 minutes or less, and they call for less than two pots and pans. They only require minimal cleanup. Now, have you used HelloFresh, Andrew? I have used HelloFresh because I invented it. My favorite part about it was how easy it was to put everything together. Like, every one of the meals comes in its own little brown paper bag, and you take all the stuff out, and you make it, and then you're done.
1: How do I take advantage of this thing you made?
0: You want to get $80 off of your first month? That's great. Me too. You should go to HelloFresh.com slash Overdue80 and enter the promo code overdue eighty. Again, that gives you $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Overdue80 and enter the promo code Overdue80.
1: Now, Andrew, you just told me one of your best ideas I've ever heard, but it sounds like maybe you could use some other fresh ideas. Maybe some ideas from a book? But I reckon you don't have time to read all the books you want. So let me tell you about this week. It's true. I have to do this podcast. That's true. Let me tell you about this <laughs> week's other sponsor, Blinkist, which is the only app that takes thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements. You can expand your knowledge, Andrew, and learn in just 15 minutes anywhere. Uh, Blinkist is great for bus rides to the office or while you're at the gym. And the library, their library, is full of bestsellers from Fire and Fury, to classics like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, We were talking last week about Marie Kondo, Andrew, so our listeners might want to know that the life-changing magic of tidying up is also on Blinkist. Andrew, if you want a fresh idea, here's what you need to do. Tell me, please. For a limited time. I need it. Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash overdue to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash overdue to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash overdue. (laughs) Andrew, you ever killed a king? Not lately oh that's not what i expected here <laughs> not in real life oh in many in your many adventures through in like video games sometimes the yes. like
0: kings are bad and you have to get rid of them sure Re- you know
1: just getting and then dipping you, into you some, become the king dipping into some light regicide as it mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. um how much king killing is in this book name of the wind
0: Not much, which is to say like pretty much none. I think the king killing must come later. (laughs) That's my best guess.
1: So what does happen in this book, or at least what is it about? If I were going to get into it, what would I need to know?
0: Okay, so it is the first part of a trilogy, like we talked about. Trilogy, still not done. In fact, (laughs) I was kind of irritated that it wasn't done yet because I kind of wanted to read the rest of it when I was done with this book. Oh, no. Um, so the second book is out, but I guess I can't finish the fight just yet. Um, so it's it's framed as there's this there's this guy, his name is Cote, K O T E, okay, and he is running this inn in kind of a kind of a backwoods sort of town. Um, he is an unassuming figure but there's nevertheless there's an air of mystery about him. sounds like every
1: so, D&D campaign I've ever started.
0: Yeah, right. Except <laughs> I don't think that he's like a level 1 thief <laughs> who's just setting out to like make a name for himself. Okay. He is, this is like post quest. He's already settled down.
1: Oh, sure, sure. Um he prestiged and went back to level one. Sure. Yeah, okay. but it,
0: but it's kind of like in uh, you know in in a video game where it's a sequel and you have the same characters, but like your stats and stuff don't carry over. So for some reason you have to start over yes. as a level one character because they
1: changed how the fighting works this time. <laughs> they
0: changed how the fighting works, so you have to be a level one character again for some reason, even though you're like blowing up planets at the end of your last game. All of this is to say <laughs> that. Um, Coat is enjoying or not enjoying, but he's living this life of of anonymity. But he is actually this figure of almost like mythic importance. Mm, okay. He is a, a king killer. He is a, a man of many names and of many talents. Um so what happens is this this guy whose name we are given as Chronicler mm. is uh coming through town and he has come to find Coat. And he wants to get down his life story because this is his deal. As he goes around and he records stories,
1: and he has come here specifically to talk to Coat. Like he knows that yes. Coat was a big deal. Yes, because okay.
0: Coat is a is actually a guy named Quoth Quoth, which the book says is pronounced like Quoth,
1: like a okay, like
0: Quoth the Raven.
1: Okay, like a V and but I has just, a W.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say, hey, fantasy books. I don't care how much of the fourth wall you have to break. I do appreciate if you tell me how to pronounce pronounce all your garbage. <laughs> pronunciate. I'm
1: now, so would you tired. say would you say that uh Quoth has a coat Kvothe, name? Quoth, Quoth Quoth has a coat name. Right?
0: I I mean I wouldn't say that. You you can say that. I, I did wouldn't say, say that. that. Okay. I'm glad I'm super glad that you t-
1: so the Chronicler is here to get this guy's like timeline and write it
0: down. To get his life story. And so the entire series, I, I am led to understand, is framed as, like, Quoth says to this guy, hey, it's going to take you three days to record my whole story, and you can't change any of it, and you just have to write it down as I say it. And if you are not up for doing that, then you're not allowed, because I don't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> so it sounds a little interview with the vampire in, like, we are to understand that the first person is, like, talking directly to this, to, the like, the scribe.
0: Yeah, so yeah. the first few chapters are all setting this stuff up, and then most of the rest of the book, with occasional interlude chapters that go back to the frame narrative, they are all just telling the story of Kvothe from his childhood up through his, like, early college years. Okay, so there's college in this world. There's college in this world, and whenever we read a fantasy book, I'm kind of tempted to think about, like, what's the way I could describe this that would make diehard fans of it the maddest? (laughs) (laughs) So this is basically exactly identical to Harry Potter. Oh. There's a guy who goes to magic school, and he has a lot of adventures. Okay. So, like, basically Harry Potter. Sure. So basically identical, 100% plagiarized from Harry Potter.
1: So because it's 100% identical to Harry Potter, that means that there are like cars and like talking photographs and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm hmm. Okay. When is this mm, actually set? That's like, not. Actually. What is the? What is the? Like, is it medievally? Is it
0: steampunky? It, yeah. No. It's it's medievally. It's very um sword and sorcery. Okay. Kinda, okay. Kind of stuff. Um, there there are horses and carriages and lutes and sure, like the the instrument. Though I think there is also loot, loot. as you would define <laughs> it in like an RPG.
1: Okay. So um, does it does it feel like it is leaning into these tropes or is it? playing off
0: some of them yeah i mean it's it's a book it is a in itself it is a story and it's about storytellers and then within the story that Quoth is telling to chronicler there are other stories that are being told to young Quoth. so you get stories within stories are a few different times
1: are those like from the other characters voices where he's just like hey chronicler just like from here on out Nathan is talking or well
0: it's it's not it doesn't like draw you out of the, the when when you are back in the frame narrative it is always just like its own chapter and then you dive back in okay. so when you're actually in the story you're not getting a ton of like snarky asides to the to the chronicler or whatever it's, sure, it's sure. just it is in first person but it's like you know I, I am in this room and I and this guy is telling the story and here's what he said okay okay um,
1: so, what are the types of people that we meet? Or do you want to tell me about the college?
0: What was the last, you? I hadn't answered the first question quite yet. Uh oh. Think, but it's so it's stories are all up in this thing, and then the story itself makes reference to different kinds of stories. So, mm. um, there is a there's a bit. Um, toward the, toward the end. I knew the shape of stories. When a young couple comes to a river, there is a definite shape to what will happen next. Dena, who is his uh, female companion would bathe on the other side of the nearby fir tree out of sight on a sandy bit of shore. I would move off a discreet distance out of sight, but within easy talking distance, then something would happen. She would slip and turn her ankle or cut her foot on a sharp stone and I'd be forced to rush over and then, but that's not what happens, but mm. it's, it's just goes to, uh, to show you that the the story is very aware of stories and like the tropes of stories. Okay. Okay. Um, they are, they are trying to track someone later and they are having trouble. And he says, what had I hoped to find a footprint, a scrap of cloth from someone's cloak, some crumpled note with a vital piece of information conveniently written on it for me to find. Uh, that sort of thing only happened in stories.
1: Oh, sure. Okay. So a yeah. Story
0: that's aware of stories. Okay. Yes.
1: He's not like, it's not like uh, he's doing a a hot take on fantasy as much as he's just like, I'm aware that I'm in a fantasy story. I am aware
0: of the conventions of this genre, and here you go. Okay, cool.
1: Um, Well, what is the, like, the story? What is his story?
0: Okay, the story is, Kvothe is is a prodigy. He is the son of... A couple of people who are in this kind of traveling menagerie sort of thing, like it's a it's a traveling band of performers, basically. <clears throat> um, and so from his from his mom and his dad and all the other people in this in this big traveling troupe, he's learned all the stuff about performing and about acting and and as by extension about lying. <laughs> okay. And then uh, at a at some point in their travels, they pick up this guy who's named Ben, and he is what passes for a magic user in this world. Um, people are not like throwing fireballs from their hands. Like there's not like magic points. It's not a system like Wheel of Time where. Like people are like channeling magical energy all over the place, and but... they're not—they're
1: not like. So, what's the other one? They're not like eating metal and like burning it to do force powers.
0: Oh yeah, what book was? I think that, that was Sanderson. That was one you read? I
1: right? think that was Brandon Sanderson. Um, what is his, his? I don't remember what that series. Is the called. Metal Squad. The Metal. The Metal Boys. Heavy Metal. It was called. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what is the what what can Ben do? the main magical thing and there are a lot there are a lot of different things going on in this book including <laughs> the name of the wind which we can also talk about yeah we
1: got to get to that yeah
0: but if you're talking about basic building blocks then you're talking about this thing called sympathy and uh, this is his this is ben's definition the law of sympathy is one of the most basic parts of magic it states the more similar two objects are the greater the sympathetic link the greater the link the more easily they influence each other so think about basically like a voodoo doll setup okay where you so, so with a voodoo doll right you've got like a doll that is a representation of a person yes and then the stuff that you do to that doll also happens to that person that's how it's supposed to work yes so that's sympathy except it can be used to apply to a bunch of different things so you can use it to like transfer heat and in so doing like set things on fire um, you can use it to hurt people even though you're not you really really not supposed to do that <laughs> sure sure and the, the more similar the two things are that you're that you're like trying to do stuff to. So if you have like a wax representation of a person, like a little person figure, you can use it to, to do stuff to a real person. But because there is very little similarity, there is going to be a lot of inefficiency in like the energy transfer. So there's oh, like a, there's okay. a lot of energy sort of lost even in a really good sympathetic link. But um, the further away the two things are, like the two materials are, the harder time you're going to have. Yeah, so if it you seems if very you've Greek, got like a okay. if you've got a wax figure, but you can if you have like a hair from the person you're trying to do something to, like that helps a lot. Okay, if okay. you have like some of their blood, like that's even better. Oh gosh, and you, can, you can even when you can even use that stuff to like sort of track people down. But sympathy is the basic building block.
1: So, and what does he? do? do you, when when you like manipulate sympathy or do you just like you hold the wax figure and like think real hard and then i get a headache or
0: yeah it's about it's about believing stuff so when ben is trying to teach quoth about sympathy he says you know he's he's holding a rock and he's like do you believe that when i drop this rock it's gonna float in the air and Kvoth is like, no, because Ben's <laughs> always doing that thing where he's asking, like, trick questions. Sure. Yeah. OK. Um, And Ben says, well, you have to you have to, like, believe that it is it is going to, like, float up in the air instead of falling on the ground. Hmm. And you have to you have to think it so hard that you actually really believe it. And that's like so that's the first sympathy lesson. And then the second sympathy lesson is. You have to simultaneously believe that it will hit the ground and that it won't. You have to, like, split your brain up so you can believe these two things at once. Like, that's advanced sort of sympathy (laughs) where you can, like, do multiple (laughs) things at once.
1: Okay. Sure. This seems to, like, align a little bit with storytelling and, like, telling yourself a story about the way the world is. Mm Mm-hmm. Is is that direct in the book, or is that that is direct?
0: So so when we get to the end, remind me to to loop back around to like belief being like the payoff reality, I guess. Okay, because that's kind of how this ends and segues into the the second book. I think. Okay, even though I haven't read the second book, so Quoth is uh, he's hanging out with his his teacher Ben. He's learning some basic things. Ben, like he overhears Ben talking to his parents one night about like, hey, this this kid is something. Like he <laughs> think about whenever you've taught him something, and think about like how quickly he learned it. And okay, that's that's uncommon that, that that this is happening. Um, and he's uh Kvothe is learning so fast that Ben's toward toward the end of their relationship kind of stops teaching him as much stuff because he just doesn't want him to get. He doesn't, you know, because he's a kid. He's like ten years old. He doesn't have a lot of patience. A lot of, uh, I don't, I don't know. He's, he's, he just really wants to to learn, and Mm. that's kind of the main concern. Like there there, there is no. There are no brakes on this car.
1: <laughs> is there yeah, is there a concern that he will get like too good at it before he is mature enough to know what not to do?
0: Yeah, he'll just maybe he'll know enough to to hurt himself basically. Yes. He okay. almost he almost does do this when he's trying to control the wind and he makes it so that actually he can't breathe and he almost suffocates himself. Oh gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a the like unstable powerful child is an interesting trope like the like they are really good at a thing but their gifts is what makes them dangerous you see it in in like star wars a little bit um i think there's also like i don't know why i'm thinking of that movie looper where that little kid all of a sudden has telekinesis at the end
0: bruce willis yeah
1: there's like a omen kid who can like blow people up with his mind at the end <laughs> um i didn't expect the movie to take that turn but
0: i didn't expect looper to come up i, I
1: didn't either you're just talking about powerful kids that's one of the first things i think thought about of. looper of
0: course obviously
1: <laughs> i All love right, that, now that jgl
0: now, now that you set it out that way it makes perfect sense. makes
1: perfect sense um so does he like transition to a proper Magic School, or were you just playing when you were talking
0: about Harry Potter? He no, he does go to Magic School, but there is stuff that happens in between. So Ben, he takes his leave, but he leaves a quote, a book that's like, "You're going to do really great at university." Peace. <laughs> I'm out. Love you like a sister, Ben. <laughs> Have a great summer, Hags, Hag's Ben, Hags Ben. <laughs> and then. Okay, so so we get a scene where Kvoth's dad is singing a song that he's been working on for a really long time. He doesn't like to show people things till they're finished, which same, but he is <laughs> coaxed into giving this performance of this first part of the song that's about these ancient guys who do who do bad stuff. Okay, it's, like, it's ancient lore from this universe. That you you get a few other glimpses into as you as you go okay um and then as a direct result of this one day Quoth like goes off into the woods while the while the troop is stopped and when he comes back everybody's dead what everybody's been killed including his parents oh no and it is it's these these this like group of people who are out of like children's stories they're not supposed to be real oh um, like the chandrian i think they're they're referred to as but it's this it's this guy with like a big old cloak and like a dark face and not not like dark skin tone but like dark you can't see his face yeah like a like a,
1: face. like a what are the things from lord of the rings uh, like a Nazgul, like a Nazgul, yeah, is what you're talking about. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. sure. So really, this book is like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, and that's pretty much exactly. Well, and Looper what and the film is. Looper, and Looper, yeah, the Looper, hit, Bruce Willis film <laughs> <Phil laughs> Looper. It's <laughs>
1: definitely what it's like. Um, so is the implication <sighs> that these things showed up because of like how sympathy works, and they were like drawn out of a story? Well, no,
0: I mean the the. Guide says to Quoth somebody's parents were singing entirely the wrong kinds of songs. Oh, dip. Okay. And so it was pretty directly about this person. Like basically Quoth's dad was talking about him and they didn't like it. Oh, and then they showed up and axed him.
1: Yeah, That's and so there. Good.
0: and so the rest of the story, um, there is a there is a segment where he's foraging in the wood. Like he is spared okay for whatever reason and so he's alone he's like he's an 11 year old boy alone in the woods Mm -hmm. and so he's you know he's got his dad's loot it's the only thing left from his family and so there's a part where he's sitting in the woods and just like trying to trying to block what has happened Like he both talks about this concept, like the the things that your brain does to protect you from bad memories, basically. Oh, okay. So, yeah, after this terrible thing has happened to his family, he's he's quoth is is talking about the um the four doors of the mind that um that your brain uses to, to protect you when it has to. Okay. Um, first is the door of sleep. Sleep offers us a retreat from the world and all its pain. Sleep marks passing time, giving us distance from the things that have hurt us. When a person is wounded, they will often fall unconscious. Similarly, someone who hears traumatic news will often spoon or faint. This is the mind's way of protecting itself from pain by stepping through the first door. Second is the door of forgetting. Some wounds are too deep to heal or too deep to heal quickly. In addition, mem- many memories are simply painful and there is no healing to be done. The saying, Time heals all wounds, is false. Time heals most wounds. The rest are hidden behind this door. Third is the door of madness. There are times when the mind is dealt such a blow, it hides itself in insanity. While this may not seem beneficial, it is. There are times when <laughs> reality is nothing but pain, and to escape that pain, the mind must leave reality behind. Last is the door of death, the final resort. Nothing can hurt us after we are dead, or so we have been told. Wow. That's so a cool metaphor. Yeah, it's it's a neat metaphor. And so Quoth is is for the first few months after this happens, just kind of foraging in the woods, playing his dad's lute, sort of mindlessly sleeping, just trying to put distance between himself and this horrible thing that's happened. Sure. Um, and then winter starts to to roll around, and he and he thinks to himself, you know, I have to, I have to find some shelter or i'm not gonna survive yeah and so he goes to this big old city called tarbine <laughs> and he is a homeless street boy for several years uh-huh. and like the, the first thing that happens to him in the city is a bunch of little street tough kids beat him up and break his dad's loot whoa which is the last thing that he had to link himself to his family and so yeah, he he is just like he's truly penniless. He's learning this city. He is he's got nobody else in the entire world. You know, there there are some shelters that he finds in his in his time in the city, but it's all like it's a very tenuous existence. Mm. And then eventually after several years and partly because he hears a storyteller in a bar basically telling a story about these guys who killed his parents oh um and like the the lore behind that which i don't i don't think we really need to get into i think it's it's more important if you're gonna read the whole rest of the book because you never do come face to face with these people who killed his parents in the rest of the book like it is this book's kind of self-contained in a way but but also, like no kings are harmed. It sounds like it in the doesn't, making of this book, just yet. Like be, he doesn't, he doesn't complete his hero's journey <laughs> where he sure. avenges his parents' death. Like it's that stuff doesn't happen.
1: So, and from what you're saying, what you've said thus far, maybe it just hasn't been introduced yet. But it doesn't sound like this book even has a like its own MacGuffin, does it? Like it doesn't have a like a Death Star that he has to blow up before the rest of the trilogy can happen. Or
0: no, 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 it's it's more you're you're watching him not even quite grow up, but just like cope with this thing and then develop because you you've got some idea of who Quoth is because of the the frame narrative, right? Like in the frame narrative, all the stuff that has made him famous has made him a person whose story you would chase down. like this happened already. Sure um and you've you know you've you've gotten some of his like epithets you have some idea of what his resume looks like and here's the like lowly true story right and here's his his like origin story and you know the the stories about him are not untrue it just you know there's a there's a lot behind the the man who you know who who is who is Kvothe, who is the king killer and all this other stuff
1: okay okay so um, he hears this like story at a bar
0: and then decides to kinda of, yeah, it kind of rouses him a little bit. He takes all the money that he saved in the world over many years, and he he gets a bath and then he goes into <laughs> a clothing store and using the the skills that he learned as kind of an actor, assumes the role of like an upset noble son. And so he walks into this clothing store with nothing but a towel on and is like, you, do you know who I am? And <laughs> gets a bunch of clothes and stuff out of it and then he's and then he's on his way. He's going to the university armed with his knowledge and with barely any money.
1: How to succeed in king killing without really trying is basically yes.
0: what he's doing. Well no okay. I mean he is trying. No,
1: yeah. Um, so, like he's assumed yeah. a role though. Yeah.
0: And so, so he he meets this girl named Denna on his way up to the university. They go in and out of each other's lives after this. He is attracted to her, but he says multiple times throughout the throughout the book he just has he has no idea what to do with women. and so he like he's gonna err on the side of not like pressing anything, not like doing anything that he isn't asked to. like he' is, he is not going to be a guy like some of the guys who he saw on the streets of this of this city that he was on.
1: <clears throat> interesting.
0: Okay. And so even though even though I think it's pretty clear that he's attracted to her and that it is mutual, they end up in like a in a friend place. It's not a it's not a friends zone thing, but it is a like they they are both busy doing other stuff and they both have a hard time like connecting with each other. Like they it's always it's a big bunch of misconnections and then and then they have some like significant events that happen in between these gaps where they can't find each other. Okay. Um, I feel like this this story is also something that is it's it's set up in this book, but probably is explored more thoroughly in in the subsequent yeah book, like what's books, her right?
1: what's her deal like do what do you, what of her do you get in this book?
0: She's also kind of she's also a musician. She is also talented. She's very pretty, um, but similarly she, she also doesn't really have anybody and so she is she is alone in the world and as Kvoth and, and one of his friends talk about later like the avenues open to a woman who has no safety net. Like mm, there, there are just yeah. fewer of them and, and more of them involve prostitution and that sort of thing. Sure, sure. Um
1: <clears throat> yeah there's an interesting quote i found of his in uh, a wired book club interview where they asked him like denna didn't feel like a fully formed character at least in like the first half of of the book um and he said Part of that is because I started writing it in 94 when I was a 20 year old straight white boy to say Uh that I didn't understand women is a vast understatement and also (laughs) implies that I understand what it's like to exist as a woman now, which is also not the case. The other part is that narratively, she's the one thing that Kvoth can't opine on in an objective way. It's so hard. I've made mistakes all over, but if I have a genuine failure in the book, it's my lack of ability to do with Dena as much as I wish I could have. Is the does the autobi like the autobiographical element play into how we meet characters like her um or other characters that like pop up?
0: Well, I mean, talking specifically about about Denna, in the in the story, she is the only character who he has trouble describing to Chronicler. Like that, that is the subject okay. of of one of the interludes is this is the only time that he says something and then makes chronicler erase it basically because he doesn't want recorded in the story the degree to which he is having trouble like summing her up or huh. talking about what it is about her that like makes her so important to him and to the story. Man, what an
1: effective character moment that also <laughs> lets Rothfuss out of drawing her more deeply <laughs> right like that's an interesting note to put on your main hero character but also means that you've created a book where you can maybe get away with drawing her a little lighter because the character doesn't know about her or or, or yeah. can't describe what he knows about her yeah
0: and, and and there definitely are other interesting women in here There there is one who is a money lender who he has to rely on and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about money in a, in a sec sure um, but he, who he has to rely on to continue going to Wizard School. Okay. Um, there is another student who's there with him who is, who is very talented and and, who he's, you know, again he remarks on her attractiveness, but again falls somewhere into like a, a friend relationship with her because I just don't think that Quoth
1: knows what to do wants yeah what he and, wants and to i do. guess
0: and i guess part of that is is Rothfuss too but like it's not this isn't a book that has like any sex scenes or even any like roman like yeah explicit yeah. physical romance in it at all sure um there is a a woman who's strongly implied to be a former student who's who whose mind sort of broke a little bit or who had trouble this, this is a you know this this magic school is a place where a lot of people wash out, whether because they kill each other or because some Because they go the, through the third door or whatever it is. Yeah, like some some of the things that they're they're doing are just like too tough for them to, to handle. And yeah, so like yeah, like you said, madness is the way to go. But she lives underneath the school and oh, okay. <laughs> forms a relationship with her because he's like practicing his loot on a rooftop uh, you know set further away from the school because music is not like really frowned upon but it's not a thing people do not little, at the wizard school anyway not
1: at the not at the wizard school not at the wizard school so does he um, like find out that he is special, or that he needs to go on a quest. Is it mostly the revenge quest? I mean, that's like he driving he knows him? he's
0: he knows he's special from when he like from even before he hears Ben talking to his parents about how special he is. Okay, but like he he knows that he is. But is he like prophecy special, students? or
1: is he just like? I'm there's no, really there's good. no prophecy. About okay, it. No, I'm just checking just that really that's good. not there. He's just okay. really good,
0: and it's he's really good, but also he's likable, and also a lot of other characters in the book like him, and he's a very magnetic personality, and also you as the reader buy that he is a character who other people would like and who would be drawn to. Can you? So yeah. you ask me what people like about this book? I think it's just that everybody's just like really well drawn and like fun to hang out with. <laughs> it's like a the party most book. Part. It's kind it's, of a party book. Okay. Just Kvothe, like a lot of bad stuff happens to him, but he is a fun character to be around, and you really care about the stuff that happens to him. The thing I think that, and, and we can start winding down, but the the thing that sticks with me the most, I think, is the extent to which Kvothe's poverty is like central to his character and mm. to the story, which is something that kind of resonated with with me a little bit because just because my own college experience was not like flush with cash yeah I hear that <laughs> but he was but he was in a position where you know he ha- he has to go to a money lender who makes you give her some of your blood so that she can track you down and make good on your debt if you try to run away oh my god like this is the only person who will give him a loan. Is He's... the character's name Sally Mae? Can you just like tell no, me No, it's not like a it's a no it's not <laughs> Sally Mae. It's not Freddie Mac or whatever They're...
1: Fanny Mac Fanny Mac. Bears Hi, meet this moneylender, Bear
0: Stearns. Bear, bear, bear Stearns. It's literally a bear. Um no. <laughs> But he, you know, he's he doesn't have a lot of of clothes like you are through most of the book aware of exactly how much money he has and what it means. Yeah. And like what and he it is, literally
1: means for his life on a day to day basis. Sure.
0: Yeah. And so and a lot of the narrative tension and a lot of his behavior as a character is all driven by. One, I don't have money. Two, I don't have anybody to turn to. And all my friends do. So I'm like so proud that I don't want to talk about this. I like the worst thing that you can do for a friendship is borrow money from someone. Like, I don't want to do that. Man. Um, when did this book come out? 2007? 2007. So mm. hmm.
1: can't imagine why a generation of people might like a book that came out in 2007 about money. <laughs> interesting like no that's just a very like this book you know this series has sold very well mm-hmm. and you know i didn't know before you know started researching it for the episode and what kind of what you've been saying that it is like a first person narrative where you're hanging out in this guy's head and if that is like central to how like his experience of the world while he's also being charming and interesting and like a dude you want to hang out with. Like I could see that speaking to a lot of people in the late aughts, early 20 yeah. teens.
0: But it's, it's very, it's unique among fantasy books I can think of yeah. because in a lot of fantasy books, money's just not a thing. Like if if you remember back to Lord of the Rings, like rationing is definitely a thing, which I think. Yes speaks to those books like world war one and two yeah, yeah. experience in a way that this might speak to people coming of age and like the student debt era well you know what For the but, first but, rule
1: i forget every time I, we play D is like how does money work like we just start hand waving at money in the in fantasy games because it just like stops making sense well because
0: it's and it's inconvenient and also in so many of these fantasy books where you're doing a like a hero's journey or a rags to riches thing, you get to a point where money stops mattering and then you just don't think about it anymore. Yeah. Like the Wheel of Time has a very brief bit where they are worried about money, and sometimes characters grouse about money, but it's really just to remind you that money exists. But it's it, it's not a thing where a character is is explicitly worried about making rent or like paying tuition. Sure. Or something.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about the Sanderson. Books, which i'm gonna look up right now so that i get the title um because i don't want to mess it up the mistborn books um mm-hmm. because there is a there's a huge element of class in those books and like mm-hmm. social hierarchy where there are rich people and poor people but the poor people are also part of like they are beset by a magical energy and they're also part of a network of criminals where they can get funds if they need it. Like they're not trying to pay tuition or buy apples, you know? <laughs> like a little ways through the Uh book like that stops being a concern and it's mostly about like changing the world and it sounds like if this book gets there it may not even be in this book it might be yeah
0: and there there is a a class system and he does actually run afoul quoth does of a this guy named ambrose who is the son of an influential lord
1: i thought you were gonna say the son of an influencer
0: (laughs) um so yeah the son of a hashtag influencer and because this book is exactly Harry Potter, this is sort of the Draco Malfoy character. Yes, of course. Character makes sense. Is the the rich boy who makes our favorite wizard's life miserable. Sure. And even Kvoth ends up getting the last laugh in this book, but then <laughs> says, well, I mean, eventually mine." rivalry with this guy would get me kicked out of school but that's a story for another time
1: (laughs) see you later (laughs) same kvoth time same kvoth channel um Mm -hmm. before we officially wind down tell me quickly about the name of the wind like why is it called that and the payoff for like sympathy and storytelling
0: um so the name of the wind is because words are important right yeah sure and it's it's built on the sympathy thing. Okay. Um, so this is one of Kvoth's teachers talking to him about like Kvoth accidentally in like this moment of anger says the name of the wind and in so do- doing like controls the wind. Mm. And so after this happens, Kvoth's teacher is is talking to him and telling him about, you know, the the deal with words and names and Kvoth says, you know, like words don't words don't have power. Like I can't say wind and have a big old windstorm like come crashing down. <laughs> but the teacher turns around and is like, "Hey, you!" And he like calls to a student and calls a student over and says, "Hey, take this robe and like take it to my room." And the student does, and so he says, "You know, words actually do have power." And <laughs> what he what he says, uh, "Words are pale shadows of forgotten names. As names have power, words have power." Words can light fires in the minds of men. Words can wring tears from the hardest hearts. There are seven words that will make a person love you. There are 10 words that will break a strong man's will. But a word is nothing but a painting of a fire. A name is the fire itself. Mm. Uh, My head was swimming by this point. I still don't understand. He laid a hand on my shoulder. Using words to talk of words is like using a pencil to draw a picture of itself on itself. Oh, man. (laughs) Impossible, confusing, frustrating. He lifted his hands high above his head as if stretching for the sky. But there are other ways to understanding. Um, okay, so that that's the deal with the name of the wind. Sure. And then my last thing about on on the theme of sympathy is so coat our our protagonist quotes like basic innkeeper name. persona. Yeah he's got this, this demon in disguise who is sort of a student, sort of a sidekick named Bast. Okay. And because Chronicler figures out that Bast is a demon, like they don't initially get along. Um, and at the very end of, end of the book, there is this episode where something goes down in the inn and Kvothe tries to do like a sympathy spell basically. And it doesn't work. Hmm. and so you the reader pick up on okay sometime between when this dude was a was a dashing hero who could control the wind and now when he's an innkeeper or something went bad and bast sneaks into Chron- chronicler's room and, and says basically a year ago other people thought that he was an innkeeper and now he thinks he's an innkeeper and so i've been i've been putting out like covert signals trying to draw people here trying to get him to write his story down to tell his story to somebody because in so doing that maybe he will remember who he was and i will get like this person that i knew back huh. because he's sort of like wasting away basically in in this inn and i assume so i assume i believe that the second book is still mostly in the past and you're kind of catching up to the present day. And then I assume that at some point toward the end of book two or in book three, it will pick up in like the present day frame narrative. And then we will just be at that part of the story and then the story will continue. Does that make yeah, sense? No, that Do makes sense. You know what I'm sense. talking about? Yeah. I feel like that's gotta be the structure of the thing. I don't, I don't know for sure, but that's from what I've read and from just the, the, the shape of the story and the fact that the story is very aware of stories. That is that is how I think this will end up happening.
1: I'm glad that it like is has thematic and plot payoffs aside mm-hmm. from like some kind of winky winky like, yep, we're in a fantasy book, and here's how I'm gonna get over you recognizing all the tropes. Like it, <laughs> it actually seems to deliver, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And he's I really enjoyed this book. Like I said, I think Kvothe is very likable. Um, I was thinking about uh, the Louis L'Amour book I read a yeah, while back, yeah. "The Walking Drum," and one of the things the the criticisms I had of that story was that the protagonist was so good at everything, always, all the time, that he became a little like one note and a little boring and predictable.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but that's not that's not a problem Kvoth has, and I'm not sure if that's a function of him just having a lot more personality or if it's... I mean, I think I think the difference is that the book shows him having other people in his orbit and that they all like him and that that all seems earned. And so that makes you, the reader, like him a little bit more. Yeah, that was something that... That goes a long way. That the Louis L'Amour book didn't have as much, I don't think. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just... I, I enjoyed it. I was hoping that it would be a finished <laughs> series that I could read all of. But I guess now... If I read the second one, I get to be in the same book as all the other king killers out there in the audience, just like waiting for that last one. So,
1: speaking of king killing, Andrew, because we didn't really get to any of it this episode, I have a question for you. Because there were
0: no kings and none of them died.
1: Um, so I want to play a game of uh, F Mary kill with you, or you know, consensual sexual relationship. you know, pure marriage long term long term romantic with, partnership. With with no sex and uh
0: that, do you think that's how marriage works? No, but I always thought that I was got, a rule of the game. Let me tell you a thing or two about no, marriage. No, I thought my that boy. was a rule of the game. <laughs> Whatever. No, the rule of the game the rules of the game as I understand them is relations are somebody who you would physically like to get down oh, with but you, but don't you don't want to have an with, emotional. Oh, okay, relationship. okay, okay. Mary is Spend the rest of your life with them, with all the good and bad, for better and for worse. Okay, and then kill is get out of my face. Okay. Um,
1: Okay. Which of these fictional kings, Andrew, Burger King, Uh King K. Rule from Donkey Kong Country, (laughs) and King Bob the Minion?
0: Wow, this is. Are you sure the game is not kill, kill, kill?
1: (laughs) Well, that's why I thought it might be difficult.
0: So, I kill the minion. Yeah, because he's a minion. Because I just, well, and I don't think we could have very good conversations.
1: (laughs) It would be very difficult. The only words that you would understand is King Bob when he says King Bob.
0: Yeah. Um, King K. rule from Donkey Kong Country...
1: He's a big alligator looking guy who doesn't wear clothes, he just wears a cape and a crown.
0: I think I would marry him because
1: okay. Marry into royalty. I see how it is. Well, yeah,
0: one, he's royalty. <laughs> Two, has a boat. Three, <laughs> steals bananas. I would never need bananas. That's true. And this would be that would be another problem with the minion guys. He always wants bananas, but I don't know that he has bananas.
1: That that's often. good, that's good.
0: Um, so King K rule, unlimited bananas, has a boat. A lot of uh he's a snappy dresser.
1: A lot of people follow him. They must like him, similar to Kovoth, so you hang out with mm-hmm. some cool Kremlins. Yeah, just
0: like have a lot of minions. Okay. Wait. Then, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like, not minions, but lizard then, monsters. So you're going to have relations my...
1: with the Burger King.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it could be face to face. That doesn't
1: make, I couldn't, oh dear. I
0: couldn't, he couldn't be, I couldn't be looking at it into his. Turn
1: the lights down real low.
0: Or, For know, that flame there, broiled touch. There are, there are other also ways to not be face to face. Yeah, no, I this, understand. We've you, read many you, books. You do this, uh, but yeah, I just I couldn't stand his eyes boring <laughs> into my soul. <laughs> his
1: unblinking royal eyes. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you but have then it. Then
0: you would have like some fries after, and it'd be fine, probably.
1: And then you don't have to see him again. You just go back to a right. boat. And with then King you K-K just role. ghost him. Okay. Good sounds good i'm glad that i got this uh on recording
0: yeah and you always drive by when you're in the car with king k rule mm-hmm. you're going down 20, u.s 23 in ohio where i'm from and huh. you drive by the burger king he
1: came to visit you and your family he came with you to visit your family he for the came holidays. With, yeah
0: and you drive by the burger king and you just your eyes linger on that big burger sign for just a second too long and you wonder how is he doing is he okay what could, what, could been? Been. Yeah. what could
1: have been? What could have been? Anyway, here's Wonderwall. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Andrew, thanks for sharing the name of the wind with me. Uh, thanks for
0: making me do that weird thought exercise. Now I
1: know. Um, I thought the minion was the gimme. I figured you would kill the minion. Um, oh. So uh, if folks want to let us know which they would kill and assorted things you can email us at overdue at gmail.com hit us up on social media at twitter.com slash overdue pod or facebook.com slash overdue pod thanks to folks reaching out this week in response to the roundhouse and uh our recent stop homer time episodes including alex larissa natalie melissa Bree. Aaron, Erica, Juliana, Kira, Caro, Tom, Cheyenne, and Jeff. Thanks so much. Andrew, if folks want to know
0: more about the show, where should they go? They should go to overduepodcast.com. Up there, we have links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and our RSS feed. We're also available on Spotify and Stitcher if you use those to listen to podcasts. Um, If you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, please do rate and review us because it makes us feel good and it helps other people find the show. Um, We've also got a link to our Patreon project. That's patreon.com slash overdue pod. Give us a little money. Get bonus episodes early. Recommend books to us that we can read. That's what this book was. It was a Patreon recommendation like Craig mentioned earlier. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? What's happening next week?
1: Next week I'm talking Dawn by Octavia Butler. And then we'll put up the rest of the February calendar uh for you online. You can check it on yeah, the man, website it's almost, or on social media. I
0: yeah. know. One month right, down everybody. Oof.
1: 2019.
0: Twenty nineteen. It's gonna be a big year, gang. Hang in there. Kill some <laughs> Okay. <the pigs. laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our dumb podcast. And until we talk to you next week, try to be happy.